This is Fresh Tracks Weekly. Randy is out of the office at a loophole event, so he's missing out this week on Fresh Tracks Weekly. But Michael and Blake are going to fill in, and we're going to talk a little bear hunting, a little sheep scouting, some dog training for our deeper dive discussion, so stick around for that. But before we get into that, Michael still has a solid fishing corner for us, so we got to go check that out. Oh, oh, hey, Marcus. I didn't see you there. Welcome back to the fishing corner, guys. Hey, I'm holding the mic. You see this? I'm holding it like it's a microphone. So last week I went hunting with uh, Jace. So we didn't have a fishing corner. The hunting was awesome. But like I just said, this is not the hunting corner. It's the fishing corner, guys. So the weekend before that, I went walleye fishing with my friends. It was our first week of Friday summers off. So I went trout fishing one day. Absolutely crushed it on some worms and eggs. I know everybody loves that. The next day I went fishing with my buddy Casey and Seth. They absolutely did a great job and I laid a big zero, but here's some of their big fish. Very cool. And then last weekend was a big trout weekend for Cassie and I. It's starting to get really good. It's starting to get really good. The water's starting to clear up a little bit. As you know, or maybe not know, every spring we have runoff you guys may have seen the chocolate milk, how to catch fish in chocolate milk. Well, that, cho that chocolate milk starting to turn into like skim chocolate milk or maybe even like to like 2%. So it's looking good. We're out here having a good time. We got great water this year. I'm really excited for this weekend. Tomorrow, like I said, no work on <laughs> Sorry, we had, we had a little bit of a, a card issue there. But uh, anyways... Like I said, Fridays are off here at Fresh Tracks. It's one of my favorite parts about working here besides all the great people I work with. So you know what that means. Tomorrow I'm going fishing. I'm going to go, I think, walleye fishing. Go see if I can jig one up because, like, man, I suck at this. But that's the plan for Friday, Saturday, definitely doing a little trout stuff. Hopefully I got some good uh, updates for you next week. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Episode I Don't Remember. Back to you, Marcus. All right, here are a few news stories that caught my eye this week. In Oklahoma, chronic wasting disease was just confirmed for the first time in wild deer within the state. But looking at the nationwide map, it's not too surprising as Oklahoma has been surrounded by the disease on all sides. So looking at that map, you can tell it's really starting to fill in in the middle of the United States. And it's not appearing to slow down. It's hard to get a feel for the true spread of the disease as detection methods and effort put in vary from state to state, but I would guess that most states are behind the curve on the true spread once they finally detect it. Unfortunately, it appears to be spreading pretty rapidly. We keep mentioning chronic wasting disease, but it is one of the biggest issues within wildlife management, I think, right now, and it's going to continue to spread, and hopefully managers start to figure out ways to mitigate or slow the spread and we're just going to have to figure out how to live with it, most likely. In Washington, the Department of Fish and Wildlife released a draft version of their conservation policy, and it's raising concerns from hunting and conservation groups. In recent years, there has been a shift within the Washington Commission. This cultural change has led to the cancellation of spring black bear hunting and an increased push for preservation over conservation. While those two words, preservation and conservation, might sound similar, they have very different meanings when it comes to wildlife management. Hunters, conservation groups, and most state agencies agree that the North American model of wildlife management has been and continues to be an extremely successful method to restore wildlife, 
maintain a holistic approach to help the wildlife, their habitats, and humans all thrive and coexist. The basic premise of the North American model is, of course, that hunting is used as a tool to balance wildlife populations with our ever-changing society and fund this whole system with hunting license sales and excise taxes on sporting equipment. While not stated outright, the Washington Fish and Wildlife Commission seems to be shifting a little bit away from the North American model. In recent years, there's been several appointments of individuals who seem to be less friendly of hunters and more in favor of that preservationist type approach. Their idea appears to be to minimize the hunting side of the equation and use less active management by letting nature take its course, bringing back more predators, trying to reestablish a balanced predator-prey relationship without the use of hunting. To unknowing individuals, it does paint a nice picture, where many people like the idea of preserving the landscape and the wildlife and letting nature take care of itself. But many biologists who've spent their lives studying wildlife say that this goal is probably impossible to achieve in most areas. It's a nice idea, but the truth of the matter is that the landscape has changed too much. We as humans have occupied and altered the landscape to the point where our housing, roadways, and resource extraction very much influence how wildlife and their habitats function. We simply can't pretend that humans aren't a part of the equation and expect wildlife populations to function like they did pre-human settlement. The funding mechanism for this preservationist approach is also unclear. The way that the North American model is structured, it successfully funds a significant amount of agencies to monitor wildlife, conduct research, improve habitat, buy conservation easements, along with many other things. Anyway, the point of this is that the future of Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife policies are being discussed in this draft plan. So if you're a Washington resident and you want to submit your comments, you can do that now. I'll put a link down in the description. Another reason that this is interesting is it's probably not an isolated thought process. This could also very well be foreshadowing for other states and other agencies for cultural shifts within the departments. In Wyoming, the magnitude of the wildlife winter kill continues to be realized. In past episodes, we talked about how certain areas are seeing upwards of 50% mortality in adult mule deer and antelope, along with nearly 100% mortality of fawns. But now wildlife managers are saying that, at least within the Wyoming range mule deer population, the herds are likely closer to 80% adult mortality with almost 100% fawn mortality. Tags have been significantly reduced in affected areas to reflect this. Definitely a winner for the books in a lot of western states. Last week, the Bureau of Land Management announced a $161 million investment into ecosystem restoration and resilience work across 11 western states. The Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership put out a great article detailing some of the highlights of how this funding will be used. A few key projects that they noted in this article include, in Alaska, $5 million will go towards improving water quality and aquatic habitat in the Birch Creek and 40-mile watersheds. In Southeast Oregon, $5 million will go towards habitat restoration through sagebrush planting, invasive weed control, and cutting fuel breaks. In Northwest Nevada, $6 million will go towards restoring and conserving perennial streams in the high desert mountains. In Colorado, in the San Luis Valley, $6.1 million is going to restore habitat, improving hunting and fishing opportunities, and improve fire resilience on the land. In Montana, in the headwaters of the Missouri River, $9.98 million is going towards protecting and restoring key habitat for Arctic grayling, West Slope cutthroat, mule deer, elk, greater sage grouse. In Wyoming, in the Colorado River Basin, $10 million is going towards fuel reduction, stream enhancement, and erosion control to benefit native fish species. In Idaho, in the Upper Salmon River watershed, $9.1 million is going towards replacing culverts, reducing fuels, addressing conifer encroachment, amongst other things. And that was just seven examples of 21 different landscapes that will receive funding from this initiative. 
All right, for the deeper dive, we are talking bears, sheep, and bird hunting. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fresh Tracks Weekly. It's episode 45. Today, we have Blake Phelps, myself, and Marcus Hockett. Welcome back. Welcome back. How's everybody doing? You just really, really wanted to use that. <laughs> the podcast kit came with, like, the pre-installed uh, sound effects. We yeah. can add some applause and stuff later, too, I think. That'll be good. Yeah, I like turned to, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's like... Oh, oh well, that's just a little sting, yeah. Yeah. We didn't play with all... <laughs> R- R- Randy's not here. So, <laughs> in fact, we were just all sitting around out uh, by our desks just kind of BSing. We're like, well, we should just record this conversation as uh, the deeper dive for Fresh Tracks Weekly this Yeah, week. totally. We don't have a particular topic. No topics um, this week. But other than giving a few updates on kind of what we've been up to, um, Michael... And Jace were just on a bear hunt, and unfortunately, Jace isn't here to share his perspective. But yeah, it's, we got Michaels. It was pretty sweet. It was uh, an area that both of us had never been to, so it was like the like story behind it is like. So a lot of people you may not know, but like you can come out and hunt bears in Montana. Like you don't need to apply. For, I don't know if you need to apply for them, but it's like almost like a hundred percent chance you can get one as a non-resident right yeah honestly i don't remember exactly yeah. what the non-resident rules are but as a resident yeah you just go over the counter and buy your bear tag every year if you yeah want one. And, and so like the whole story is like well we've never been in this area we're looking for a unique angle let's just go in there and like do this like you would if you were coming out from like out east or something and so jace did a, a great job of like finding a bunch of spots to go to we had like a really hard time getting into some of the spots that he wanted to to check out because we banked on some of these roads being open and they weren't when we, we got there. But, uh, yeah, after a few days we saw quite a few bears and I'm trying not to give away too much just cause like it'll come out in the next. Yeah. It's going to be a day by day. Right? Yeah. It'll be a day by day episode. So people will see it on fresh tracks plus first your, your bear hunt is actually going out on fresh tracks plus right now. So yeah. if people are looking to watch some bear hunting content, watch it there first or you can wait a couple weeks i think it'll go out like not next week but the following week or something like that yeah sounds about right yeah but well, blake, um, blake busted out that yeah, edit quick yeah, yeah was, it was, was fast it's a nice easy edit not too right bad yeah, yeah for those of you guys who <laughs> don't know blake i feel like blake's been on a couple of yeah. these podcasts but blake started last year in in september i think it was yep september, september. yeah one of our, our chief editors on the YouTube side, probably the chief ep- editor. I work with him a lot. Um, big waterfowl guy. Yeah. Big turkey guy. Oh, yeah. Been a lot of fun to work with. Over well, the, the turkey episode, I mean, Blake came in clutch yeah. in the, you know, 11th hour to. Yeah, no kidding. It was. Get that turkey. So, that was pretty if you haven't seen that on that bird <laughs> episode, you should check it out. Or, well, like that series, really. We did the crew turkey hunt. It was a blast. Yeah. Yep. That's all up on YouTube now. So, you can. Binge watch all three episodes. Oh, yeah. Get right through them. For yeah. sure. But, uh, yeah, we saw a ton of bears out there. And, yeah, I mean, like, we, we had some sort of success in there, but also some, some a lot of failures. And, I don't know, I think, it, I think it's going to be a really good episode. Sweet. I, I don't want to give away too much. I'm just excited like, to see it. Yeah. But there are, like, that was one of the best bear hunts I've ever been on. Like, when I came out in 2017, like, that was, like, my first go was, like, I moved out here in April and we started bear hunting a bunch. And, like, my, like, like baseline of bear hunting was, like, that was it. It was, like, we, we hiked up. We didn't see it. Like, I feel like we went, like, 12 or 
so like somewhere around there, like 12 days, and we probably saw like five bears. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> went a lot of days without seeing yeah, bears. Yeah, and it's, so like it was really cool to go out and like we saw a bear almost, we saw multiple bears almost every single day on this trip. It was only a four-day hunt. Yeah. It was a quick turnaround. Uh, we had some adversity. It was a good time. But uh, Heck yeah, it's funny to me that you mentioned that you guys didn't know if the roads are open because – it's still that hard to figure out whether roads are open. Like yeah. if there's not a travel management plan, which yeah. there's a lot of areas that just don't have travel management plans that are at least publicly available. Yeah. That and you just like can't tell. Yeah. Like until you get there. It's so funny. It's frustrating. But honestly, like it's kind of like that little remaining uh gem almost to me because as like m- mapping systems have become so readily available and just everybody has them like you just know where the roads are and you know where the access is now like 10 years ago that wasn't the case yeah you know and so it is kind of fun it's kind of cool in a way that like you can't like predict exactly what's going to happen once you get there yeah this area was pretty interesting too because like you know like blm land most of the time like it's like if there's a road there, like you can drive it in most cases, you know? Well, and that's the thing, but different BLM uh, areas. And then like, cause I, you could say the same thing about certain forest service parcels too. And yeah. state yeah. pieces, depending on the state, like some places it's just like the management there is just non-existent. And so yeah. it's just like all bets are off. You can drive wherever the heck you want. And this, then other like, and there are examples of BLM too. Like BLM is probably one of the worst of like, enforcing travel management or yeah. implementing travel management restrictions where it's just like it's existing roads and trails. You can go wherever the heck you want, but there are some places that have like blocked off quite a few roads, which is in my opinion, usually a good thing because rather than having a road every single mile, there's like a road every two or three miles, <laughs> like yeah, it was a little less intense. We, we uh, hiked into a spot and so all these roads were closed and then like all of a sudden we see some dude in there driving his truck and we're like what the heck like how did he get in here and uh like because we tried to get up that road and so long story short it was kind of interesting because like after he had driven through there we did find a bear like it was like 200 yards above where he drove and then we the next day we're like we need to figure out how to get in like he obviously like knows something we don't know what he knew was that, or I don't know if he did it, but the lock was cut off of this gate. <laughs> so I still need to report that. I forgot. I forgot <laughs> to do. I'm definitely going to call the, the BLM uh, station there, but yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. Like, what the heck, man? <laughs> Why did they close the roads? Is it for maintenance? It could be for safety? a number yeah. of reasons. These, and so I, these ones actually said why. And oh, it was oh, because really? uh, to um, preserve the the like the ground, soil. the soil, prevent and then soil erosion, prevent like, weeds, and for uh, the, wi- the wildlife, wildlife wildlife security yeah. is a big one. And so, but yeah, it's a number of factors. So, uh, it can, and there's seasonal closures too. Sometimes it's like seasonal for elk calving or you know font you know mule deer giving birth in the spring, whatever. But then there's also, so there's wildlife security, there's soil or erosion prevention, just like a wildness aspect of like leaving places unroaded. Um, but Randy, if Randy was here right now, I guarantee he would bring up the example of there was like kind of a big come to Jesus moment along, or when was it? The nineties, I believe when uh, they decided to, it was like state agencies, federal agencies all meeting together, discussing like wildlife management in the future and basically that if you were going to 
allow all of these roads to be open or in the, at, at, at the time, I think a lot of it land, you could just drive wherever you want. It didn't matter if there was a road or not. Like you could just drive off road wherever you wanted. Oh, geez. And so it's like, if you were going to allow that to continue, we were going to have to restrict opportunity because hunters were going to become more lethal there. you know, they just can, yeah. as off-road vehicles got better, ATVs, everyone had side-by-sides and all this, like people just kill way more animals if they can drive wherever. And so it's like, we can either restrict opportunity, give out less permits and tags, or we can close down a lot of these roads and we can keep that opportunity in place. And I, the consensus is like, yeah, let's close down the roads. And that's for the hunting season aspect of it. There's obviously a whole lot of other factors like the soil erosion and, you know, there's plenty of factors outside of hunting, but that's where my mind always gravitates yeah. to. <laughs> so. It was kind of cool. Cause like, yeah, a lot of times you show up to those gates and they're closed and you're like, Hmm, I wonder why. But these ones had like, because of this reason. And those were the reasons when we were there, but Right. It was it, it was also really cool. We ran into some people that work at the BLM out there and one of the guys from their like national headquarters. Yeah. And uh so I'm assuming DC like probably works in DC and he was like, "Yeah, it's pretty cool." Like cuz I don't know, my mind whenever I hear of block management or not B- block management uh Bureau B- of Land Bureau Management. Of Land- <laughs> Gosh. Uh I think of just like sagebrush and like you know, pronghorn hunting and stuff. But this was, like, a pretty sweet area that, like, it was mountainous, had great forage. Like, it, it looked really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it depends Not to on knock BLM grounds because, yeah. like, they do boast, like, some good mule deer hunting. And, like, I don't know if I'm mistaken. Like, I'm sure that there's some other mountainous. Well, this is a super simplified, yeah. like, uh, ex- explanation of it. But a lot of times the, B- the BLM land was – less productive land is how it like at the time when it i i'm gonna butcher this but at the time when the bureau of land management started and like got all this land it was kind of the unclaimed or the homesteaded land that didn't take that people didn't actually want it was like kind of the land that nobody wanted it was like the less productive stuff so like the river bottom like you don't see a lot of bureau land management land in the river bottoms or where there's this more precipitation off and it's usually like the arid like rangeland type stuff mm-hmm. and that's a very simplified explanation and I should I have I haven't looked into it a long t- for a long time but no, I used I mean, to work uh, for the BLM no, actually I, I worked for the yeah. BLM for a year uh, well not even a full year but for a little while yeah I mean like I, I don't think you're I it sounds right and like it's it sounds like it's been my that's the same with my my experience is like that's what I think of sagebrush like kind of not forested stuff. I feel like forest service is usually like in the mountainous stuff or some, some state, but right. Um, and yeah. And there is, like you said though, there's some really cool BLM land. And like when you say less productive, that's all relative, yeah. like on how you're looking at truth, it. Truth. A lot of times, you know, if you're looking at whatever, you know, I'm thinking of like Wyoming, like timber you know, production. You know, like the, <laughs> you, yeah, that's true. That's like, true. But I'm, you know, like Wyoming oil and gas, like kind of stuff is like, like, oh yeah. If I had to Flat. illustrate a picture of like uh, BLM land, that's what I think. It's like pronghorn, uh, sagebrush, and like an oil, like an oil rig in the back coming up and down. But yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's like the classic. I mean, there's, there's a reason people call it the Bureau of Livestock and Mining. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. I've never heard that. I haven't heard that one yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But what have you been up to, dude? You've been well. My mind for is sheeps? yeah. My mind's just like totally centered around bighorn sheep. This 
scouting it, thinking about it, talking to old take holders, just like my mind's going a million miles an hour thinking yeah. of all the possibilities. It's bad. If you haven't heard already, Marcus drew a sheep tag. I know we've probably mentioned it on every single Fresh Tracks <laughs> Weekly, but it's just like if you haven't yet. Pretty jacked about it. Yeah, yeah. How many days till season starts? Do you have oh, it like down to the hour? Like, no, I don't, but it's like I'm – hoping most of my hunt occurs before season and that's like every weekend I get a chance I'm you know gonna go scout and just like look in there and hopefully find some rams it's not easy to find them on the summer range that's what I'm starting to realize like the vast majority of these sheep get shot in the last week of season like if you look at the what did you learn like even like from last week it's uh, so as I'm trying to follow them from their winter range to the summer range, which is what I've been doing, they just disappear. They are incredibly hard to find. They just like, and there's, and when you think about the magnitude of the mountain range that I'm hunting, it's like, it is so big compared to like the amount of sheep that are actually in there. And it's not, I'm sure there's some sheep that are not just on like, there's a couple classic winter range spots where they're visible, like from the road in the winter. So you can kind of like in my mind, kind of go get a query of what is going to be available up in the summer range somewhere. They're going to be spread way out, but like it's such a big area for those however many rams that are there, like less than 30 on that particular winter range. And there's more, I'm sure, that, you know, winter in different spots aren't as visible, but it's just like, it's crazy. It's a needle in a haystack for sure. And like just talking to people who've hunted before, like a lot of people just don't see sheep at all until that like last two weeks of season. And it's weather dependent as well. Cause like if they don't, if you don't get weather, then, you know, some of them are going to start transitioning regardless just cause they're accustomed to like moving that direction that time of year, they're going to start rutting so forth. But still it's like, I don't know. It's gonna but be. It's like a challenge. That's, it's like, gonna, that's probably why you like it. So oh, this much. is why I applied yeah. for. This is why I applied for that permit. I mean, it's like, yeah, there's. It's going here. to be a sheep hunt, like, yeah. and I really want to kill one high, like up in the Alpine, like that. Yeah, it'd be a blast. It's super cool herd. Super cool story. I've been like involved with them for the last twelve years. Just like because when I was working with wildlife, I volunteered down there helping with captures when well, I also was an employee of Montana state university doing some research where we got to, yeah, you, call, you collared some of those sheep. Back yeah. So I, hel- yeah, I helped with the capture and collar and they did like a transplant from that herd. And so there's a lot of cool history there. I'm guessing none of those collared sheep are still collared or alive. There are a few, I think and yeah. you're still collecting data or I guess. Well, no, I'm, I mean, I, I was just like a tech, like I didn't do yeah. any of like the actual, like data collection or analysis like i retrieved a a few sheep collars and you know would monitor where they were at during the summer and we did like occupancy surveys but mostly in different mountain ranges but um yeah there are a few that were captured when i've been there and i've been on like three cat three or four captures down there so um both like they would do drop nets just like drop on a whole herd of them and then you just have a whole bunch of people run up and and process them and then also um, darting. Like, I wasn't the one darting, but I, I was actually filming during that. I made, a like, a film on the herd at that. Can they find the film somewhere? Uh, Marcus Hockey YouTube Yeah, channel? I think it is. I think it's on, <laughs> I think it's on my – yeah. Well, I made – there's, like, two – there's, like, a couple little short, uh, yeah, films on my YouTube channel from you guys should check way back out. way back when. 
Yeah. Um, good times. But no, that, so that's just what I'm occupied with right Dude, now. Just I like, imagine. it's so Marcus fun. came in the office yesterday. He's like, there's been two times in my life that I haven't been able to fall asleep at night. And the first one was the day after I drew the sheep tag. And the other one was last night. <laughs> He couldn't stop thinking about the sheep. It's yeah, like, man, you got a long time before that hunt. <laughs> Be Which, sleep deprived before you even start hunting. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I'm just like I'm like sweating right now thinking about yeah. it. I'm just so jacked. I don't so know. Marcus is going. I, you, it sounds like you're going to go look again this weekend. Yeah, for different sure. spot. Yeah, I'm going to try to check different spots pretty much every weekend. Yeah. Um. Just, do you think that they're like high? Like. I mean, I don't know shit about this, but like, are they high up, like in the rocks or the, like timbered areas or like? So they can be both for sure. Like, yeah, there'll be some that might hang out in some of these high basins, but that's what the consensus a lot of people are saying, especially once that opening week hits and whether it's just the pressure from the sheep hunters or elk hunters or whatever, mm-hmm. a lot of them get in the timber. And so they're just harder to find. And like, it sounds like, Pretty much everyone I've talked to, like, has seen, like, a big ram scouting, and then they just, like, disappear on Mm. them, which is super cool. Just, like, it's definitely going to be a challenge. So, I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we'll have to have a a weekly update from you on, like, the status or, like, the progress that's been made. Like, last week might have been, like, (laughs) last week (laughs) it sounded like, you didn't find any sheep. No, I found, yeah, I saw two ewes yeah. and a lamb Yeah, is what I found. So and like, a lot of mountain goats and Are you discouraged from that? We or? actually found a pretty sweet bear, which was fun. We went and tried to, it was the last week of bear season, and Kara still had a tag, so. Yeah, when editing your bear hunt and seeing the size of the bears, and then I saw Kara's story, I was like, yeah, that's a. That's a big boy. It was a lot bigger than the bear yeah, I shot. Absolutely. Like, way bigger. <laughs> big dog. Yeah. What have you been up to, Blake? Gosh. Uh, Dude, first spring first in spring summer in, Mont- in yeah, Montana. What's, what do you think? It's been wet, man. I've been waiting for the river to go down because it's, it's, it's gushing right now. So it's been a little intimidating to try to hit the river for fishing. But been doing a little fishing here and there. and But mainly I'm trying to get my dog up to speed for this upcoming waterfowl season. So spending most evenings doing two or three training sessions and sweet hanging out with her and just their progress being made. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're, uh, we've moved on from like single bumper retrieves to double bumpers. What's that mean? Uh, so the bumper would be in like the dummy that you throw. Oh, I got you. I got you. What I do is I throw one and I have her like turn around and I'll throw a second. Then I'll have her turn around again, get that first one. I threw, have her bring it back and kind of do a rinse and repeat. And so that's, it. it's not really, that's kind of like one of those test hunt kind of things where you, you do like a test hunt with your dog to get it like certified through like the AKC and breeders do this. Okay. Um, so like having double blind retrieves and stuff like that, it doesn't really translate so well to hunting. It's more of like a formality thing. This is mainly for her to be calm. It's trying to get her to calm down and like gotcha. be steady. Like obviously she will probably do some double blind retrieves in the hunting field. Um, but I'll well, I'm sure. Yeah, assist. I can see how it wouldn't like be a direct correlation, but just like obedience and like exactly. understanding commands and all of that. Like that's just a, seems like a drill that would enforce all of that. Oh yeah, and she is she is a firecracker. She is very energetic for almost a two year old dog, and so we're doing as much as we can to 
Sweet. Keep That's exciting. Going. Is this yeah. the first time you've trained a dog or have you It had- is, yeah. Um, I guess I helped my dad with my first dog, but that was, I was very young. Gotcha. Um, so this is the first time I've really ever done it on my own. So Sweet. it's a big learning experience. It's learning something new about her or something about training every day and kind of figuring it out. But I'm excited to like get to the point where she is really well trained and doing everything right. Maybe not everything, but 90% of the time doing right. stuff right. To the point where she's like five, six, seven years old and I can get a second dog and take everything I've learned from Tilly the first time and apply it to a second dog. So I'm looking forward to that, looking deep into the future. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. I, I've always wanted to have a hunting dog, but it just doesn't make sense with oh, yeah. my current lifestyle it's a little and later work. in life. It's probably oh, yeah. I and but. I can relate to that too cuz it's like you enjoy hunting all the time and then once you're done hunting it's ski season for you and we had many times where we like I don't have anywhere to put Tilly so I guess we'll we'll stay home and not hit the slope. So yeah, I could that, understand it from from your perspective like Yeah, know, it's definitely the like a there, I, there's definitely a waterfowl season for me in there, but it's like overlapped with the tail end of big game hunting and then the beginning of skiing, for sure. But, but uh, you know, some people just bring their dogs with them big game hunting and skiing. Yeah, Jace does to, that, dude. Jace yeah. brings his, his. I mean, he went bear hunting this past weekend and brought his dog. I forget Angus. Angus, yeah. 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 Uh, he was like glassing a bear. I saw a little. He sent me a little picker video and like pan down and there's his dog <laughs> just sits chewing on sticks yeah <laughs> you got to be careful with that people get fired up about bringing dogs oh, yeah. and like i get it because yeah it is illegal to hunt with dog like or use dogs for hunting in a lot of states and different states have different rules on it but there's also people that i've seen that have dogs that are trained extremely well and they just like hang out and it's like they're not going to be hunting the big game they're just there as a companion but yeah that's a good point i, I forgot about that if people are kind of yeah, yeah saying people, some, some stuff on when i on, get it like yeah. all uh, obviously those rules exist for good reasons in certain states but i don't think that i mean i think jace's dog is obedient but i don't think he's at all like even remotely like helping at all. i think he's like kind of a like like one of those things where you like I can't find someone somewhere to put him. Right. But uh yeah, I don't think Angus is like I could be wrong. I mean, yeah. But he's just like more of like a deterrent probably from wildlife than like he's not an not, advantage. Right. <laughs> yeah. Fun times. What else? Oh. Um, what are we talking about? We were talking about something. Well, I will say I was going to say like a little a couple little promotional things like the Sika film we just watched was amazing. Oh, like, that's cool. We, if you guys are looking for like a really good story, um, Sika just came out with a, a video on Rachel Attila and her father, Adam Foss, was the um, shooter, and it, it was out of his company. But um, that video was amazing. Like I almost cried in it. Um, you can also win a hunt with Randy. I know that. He, we're going to do a little video on this coming out, but just to make sure everybody's aware of it, like we are doing a giveaway. I, I don't know if it's a giveaway or we'll link something can, in the it's, bio. It's this year, right? Yeah. If you get prong, to, pronghorn, pronghorn hunt this year. Yeah. In Nevada, I believe like pretty solid, pretty sick. And like, hunt, if, yeah, yeah. I've, we've all, well, I guess uh, Blake hasn't, but we've hunted pronghorn with Randy before. And it's pretty fun. It's um, yeah. Randy um, is just like a totally, I, I shouldn't say different person when he's, but he's just like, He's locked in. Yeah. Oh, he's just <laughs> locked in and just like, yeah, very 
diligent pronghorn glasser and just like knows yeah. so much about what they're gonna do and then also scoring them and like yeah it's just like it's Dude's fascinating obsessed with it <laughs> a, it's like has a pronghorn problem for sure yeah <laughs> so that's going on until the end of this month and i don't like we haven't done a great job of like putting it out there i know go hunt has because it's, it's with like it's through go hunt i think you have to like I'm not sure about the details. We'll put Outdoor them in. Outdoor class, I think. Oh, okay. Well, out, bo- well both. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Every, everybody's, those guys are promoting it. We, yeah. we, we should probably. Yeah. It, um, <laughs> and then uh, also we just uh, today released the Fresh Snacks new video series. We did it on Fresh Tracks Plus last year, but it's like taking our game, making cool, uh, cool dishes with it. So like Marcus years uh, went up today. Uh, it's two turkey recipes. Oh, right and on! I will say that that uh, tur was it uh, turkey cur- pop or not not pop? Uh, was the basil stir yeah, fry? Yeah, basil stir oh, fry. Oh my god, yeah. it's so good! Uh, so check those out. Yeah, that's like at least from like the media side, like that's kind of like, we were definitely uh, BSing about that film for a little bit, and, like oh yeah, just about the hunting industry and stuff, but. Well, we, we can save that for another. Yeah, we'll say that. We're at we're at twenty five <laughs> yeah. minutes. Yeah. So but, uh, yeah, thanks guys. Yeah, thanks we'll, Marcus. We'll be this back at it next week. Yeah. I got some other ideas for deeper dives that we'll have to continue to research and think about. So, all right, thanks everyone. Yeah, thanks guys.